Morning. This is uh, Jerry Rhodes, your podcaster, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, did you watch the debate last night? DeSantis and Newsom? Hmm. Those are going to be our leaders. The left and the right, and the red and the blue, and the McCoys and the Hatfields. See who can criticize each one another to the, the biggest and boldest. Well, I don't know. You'll have to choose, I guess, depending upon who's running. Uh, is it going to be a re-election or a deflection or a de delection <coughs> of all time? Who wins or loses, the Democrat or Republican in these debates. Who cares? It's only a personality contest. The question is, can this person lead us to a victory uh, over doubt and get results? The scene I saw in Hannity tells me the candidates can learn from Charlie Chaplin's depiction of enunciation over dictation. Savvy. Charlie Chaplin's greatest speech is on YouTube. I would suggest that you write the that you listen to the different versions. Because having productive debates, not attacking the other person's slander with slander isn't solving any of our serious financial and societal problems by calling them political issues. Issues, issues, issues. Bring out the tissues to keep America great. Well, issues arguing over differences of opinion when it really doesn't solve problems is not what's going to keep America great. We need leadership, not gamesmanship. Talking louder isn't convincing our, or leading. Leading is to talk softly with positive words of problems and solutions. Seeking a peaceful coexistence, as did the great Henry Kissinger, who uh, expired, possibly before or during the debate, out of hopelessness when it comes to our leadership. He was uh, a great man, one and only man of faith, it seems, protecting our American dream. Detente was not a dream but a reality to American citizens. If we can get these eight million coming across illegal uh, into citizenship and they will speak English and live our culture, we may overcome um, the axis of evil, which now is, I guess, China, Russia, Iran, and whoever else they can get alliances with in South America, Central America, Africa, India. Oh well, leadership. Take away, um, take that away, and you have Charlie Chaplin's alt characteristic asking for peace and goodwill towards other humans. That I've called humanism in my books is all we want, not platitudes with serious issues and avoiding the problems. 
just go along to get along policies and negative outcomes. Sam Rayburn's advice to politicians. My advice is to elect leaders who are defining the problems and have a an action plan to solve them. Then make a speech to ask not what you can do for your party, ask what you can do for your country. And that's what I've been trying to do in my podcast. Yes, um, we need to keep America great. Yes, it's our American dream that we have to protect. Yes, it is the trade war we have to win. Yes, it will be leadership that can lead us out of temptation and deliver out of temptation and avoid evil uh, with a plan and a following that believes we can win, not lose the American dream. Thank you for listening. Good morning, America. It's Jerry Rhodes, your podcaster, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Today's uh, episode, Margaret Thatcher saved Great Britain. Will USA be saved? What the heck did Margaret Thatcher do? Did she really save Great Britain? Well, I guess so. Great Britain was insolvent due to 90% taxation levels when she became Prime Minister in May, on May 4, 1979, and revitalized the economy and free enterprise by decolonizing the monarchy. What does that mean? She let the people in the colonies have their freedom. They wanted to be independent of the monarchy. Taxation was supporting them with revenue sharing, and when they got their independence, Great Britain was solvent and avoided bankruptcy. How can the great American enterprise learn a lesson from the savior, Margaret Thatcher? Reaganomics? Trickle down won't work fast enough. Trickle up is already here with Bidenomics, bigger government. Since America effectively has 50 colonies, not 13, but now have 50 colonies, 3,140 counties, 300 major cities, 35,000 towns, and 16,524 townships, not 13 colonies, colonies as in 1776 when USA got its independence from England. Why is this relevant to today's topic? Well, this is not Great Britain. This is USA. Call it USA Inc. because it is the great American enterprise. And it did get its start from the pilgrims when they arrived at Plymouth Rock. And they had to trade corn for beans and beans for clothes and clothes for uh, covered wagons and covered wagons for gold and gold for cars and cars for highways and so forth. Why is this relevant to today's topic? episode. Our 50 states, cities, counties, townships, towns are feasting off of the federal government with federal taxes, effectively gone by March each year, and state taxes, 
effectively gone by mid-year, then borrowing the difference to balance their budgets. For revenue sharing and 46 of their own taxing bodies, they don't have enough revenue and cash flow to pay their bills. So they borrow the, the rest. The largest revenue producer at the state level is property taxes, then sales taxes, and then income taxes last. That sharing formula is state-driven. Federal sharing formula is state-driven according to population and only contingent on the state complying with federal regulations for certain 17 major agencies. Energy, transportation, healthcare, agriculture, urban affairs, commerce, VA, intelligence, defense, Joint Chiefs, Air Force, Army, NASA, and then they've added the Space Force, Interior, Navy, Justice, Homeland Security, Social Security, and Treasury, 27 mid-sized agencies, 30 small agencies, and 432 subcomponents of our monstrous federal and state government and county, city, township uh, government. Total of 506 federal agencies, 17 redundantly in each state. So we're having them at the federal level and the state level, and in many cases the county level, like public health and city level public health. With 24 million government employees, including the 50 state, county, city, township, town-based sub-agencies. The fixed overhead of this mammoth bureaucracy is $1.9 trillion per year payroll, plus including the best health care, special Social Security, and pension plans, all due to the service unions written into law. Average salary of the bureaucrat is twice the average private sector salary. Plus, the private sector in many cases do not have pensions. Social Security is there, maybe. We've got the baby boomers here that are drawing down on it at 10000 a week and drawing Medicare at 7000 a day, um, 70 million of them. So, um, average in Federal government exceeds $100,000 per year in salary plus $100,000 in long-term benefit costs per employee due to continuing health care, Social Security, and pensions after they retire, including or none, none of which have been funded out of current GDP. There isn't any cash to fund it. It's all borrowed money after the end of March at all levels. We, we, we waste taxes and hide the debt in our budgeting. Total of $9 trillion cost of government per year, including all government entities. Income tax revenue is $6 trillion per year at all entities. Another $3 trillion per year borrowed money and making it $34 trillion current liabilities, adding $250 billion per week and another $200 trillion per the www.usdebtclock.org 
look at looking at obligations that are unrecorded. Thus, government is wasting taxes and hiding debt and deferring reality until after elections. So advised by the um, uh, consultants, election consultants, and the lobbyists, they, they don't really want to report because we don't really have a set of books. It's just budgets, the budgetary system, which is uh, adding debt in as cash receipts at every state level. Wow, is there, what does that say? Wow, is the recorded, are the unrecorded obligations on the books as accruals? No, there's no set of books. It's only the budgetary system at every level. Putting aside a current portion of profits for future payments, there are no profits at any level because they're not recording all of the, all of the debt. Even the current debt is understated because we have interest that's not being paid on the debt obligations, and then it's compounding, adding to the debt. No, there is no generally accepted accounting principle set of books. Only budgetary accounting that records borrowing in as cash received to balance the budgets. You mean gap? Yes, generally accepted accounting principles that every company in the, in the, in the United States has to use to report their taxes and get their stocks sold and bonds sold. Yes, if the books, so to speak, if we had them, would show America is as insolvent on the verge of not paying its bills if OPEC de-dollarizes trade. When the, when the, the trade imbalance, where there's a trillion dollars more exported to us than imported from us, and OPEC says it wants to de-dollarize trade, then we would lose the um, reference currency for exchange rates. That means USA, Inc., is bankrupt. For view of the impact of GAAP, go to the www.usdebtclock.org for the current debt and unrecorded obligations. It is supported by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the U.S. Budget Office. This is not Russian disinformation, nor is it a conspiracy theory. It is reality. What can be done to avoid bankruptcy of the federal government that ripples to the rest of the colonies, like our 50 colonies, and then our counties, and then our cities, and then our towns and townships? Do like the problem solvers do, like Margaret Thatcher did. Give the 50 colonies or states and 500 agencies their freedom, fairly well, on their own for covering costs, revenue, and bottom line. It's called an enterprise. It's American capitalism, which is really the, the shareholders or the, the source of capital, and the human capital, which is American socialism. They work together every day to make money and pay the bills and make America great. America's already great. To keep it great, we have to make these moves, as did Margaret Thatcher in England. The only thing she couldn't do was get rid of Queen Elizabeth and now her son. So they still have a monarchy and still struggling. But Ireland got the heck out of there, and so did Scotland. 
and so do their colonies. They're all on their own in Africa, in South America, in West and East Indies, so on and so forth. Colonization that is gone in Great Britain. We still have 50 colonies, and then be all below those cities and, and towns and townships. I, I read somewhere where the townships have no cost, but they have a lot of cash. What are they doing with it? I guess those people really probably overpaid, and they'd say underappreciated. As they move to downsize government and upsize enterprise, of course, the 50 state legislators are responsible for lowering the fixed costs of unneeded laws, regulators, and regulations. How long is that going to take? Well, this depends on when OPEC, you know, makes China their reference currency. And China then, then goes to the World Bank and the, and the Import-Export Bank and, and who determine exchange rates and say there's a new currency on the block. So we have to focus on GDP and cash flow funded by, I've proposed, trade war bonds. What the heck are trade war bonds? Well, Delano Roosevelt, the greatest president we've ever had, won the Second World War with building a war machine bigger and more powerful, including the, the atom bomb, to beat Japan, Germany, Italy, uh, and funded it with war bonds, 6% war bonds. Um, saved America, won the war. We've got another war. It's called the trade war. I'm proposing that we fund that with trade war bonds and taxation uh, it's, is not going to work because people dodge the responsibility there. Here is for winning the war. Uh, uh, is there a war? Of course. China has, has a monopsony for a buyer and seller of last resort of all the goods that come from Asia and from South America and Central America now, including drugs. And we've lost the trade war. You'll probably have heard that in my other podcasts. And we're not going to get it back without reversing the tables on China and tell them move the, move the production lines closer to the consumer or you're going to have to pay shipping. So using analytics for performance for solving financial and societal societal problems, each state, as are their counties, cities, towns, and townships, going to have to take on the responsibility for not disbalancing a budget with borrowing, but actually have the GDP that generates revenue along with taxes to make money and cash flow and get rid of their unrecorded obligations by accruing them as they go along. That's GAP. Then annually, we'll select the best performance for Super Bowls. There'll be a state Super Bowl, a county Super Bowl. There'll be a, a town Super Bowl. You name it. We've got competition. We're going to get results. And those results are on a basis of having an offense now, not just a defense where I just read we're going to spend $800 billion on 100 stealth B-28 bombers, would you? We're, <laughs> we're spending a trillion dollars a year on a defense department. We have no idea what those people do other than the military. 
and 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 the leader of that, uh, Austin, uh, says his biggest problem is white supremacy. No, sir, your biggest problem is you're blowing everybody out of the water by by, by this so-called peace through strength. We're trying to scare everybody to death. Then they steal our technology and they scare us to death. $800 billion for the new supersonic uh, bombers and our, and, our, and our inner cities are squalored and, and our uh, uh, revolution is picking up steam because everybody wants something and the open borders is, is not only going to uh, target us for whatever uh, culture they come from, um, and it isn't good. Uh, and at 9000 per person, we're spending billions of dollars promising them that we'll put them up, we'll feed them, we'll get them health care, we'll get them education. And if they decide they'll, they'll speak English, that's their decision. This is insanity going at, at, at a trillion miles an hour. A trillion miles here and a trillion miles there. Boy, that's, that's a lot of monopoly money or monopsony money. So am I over-exaggerating? Um, I've been through a couple bankruptcies, so has our friend Donald Trump and some other people that are on the, in the government, I'm sure. Bankruptcy rules is the best thing that ever happened to an enterprising country. As people can fail and get back up again. 60,000 small businesses... Uh, month are open and 60,000 go out of business. And that is, is, is a positive because everyone that goes out of business can start again. And who, these, who are these? These are small businesses that, where the ideas gestate, like these ideas. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I had, I had uh, an accounting firm. I had a a consulting firm for nursing homes, and then we bought nursing homes. We thought we had the solution, and then the bureaucracy, public health, came in and said we couldn't. We weren't wiping the bottoms the right way, and even though the place had no odors and was sending people home, we decided we 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 weren't running the business. They were running the business inappropriately, and we sold them to to the big chains who buy them for real estate, not for getting people better just warehousing the elderly, elderly on Medicaid. So you might read my other books, uh, political books, healthcare books, because in there we have, yes, we have problems. It's not issues. It's not, not even debatable what's happening to this great country. And yeah, I love this country. My poetry books are the same thing. It's talking about problems, solutions, and, and being a part of the solution. Otherwise, you're part of the problem. So that's all for today. Over and out.
Good morning, America. It's Jerry Rhodes, your podcaster, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Today's uh, episode, Margaret Thatcher saved Great Britain. Will USA be saved? What the heck did Margaret Thatcher do? Did she really save Great Britain? Well, I guess so. Great Britain was insolvent due to 90% taxation levels when she became Prime Minister in May, on May 4, 1979, and revitalized her economy and free enterprise by decolonizing the monarchy. What does that mean? She let the people in the colonies have their freedom. They wanted to be independent of the monarchy. Taxation was supporting them with revenue sharing, and when they got their independence, Great Britain was solvent and avoided bankruptcy. How can the great American enterprise learn a lesson from the savior, Margaret Thatcher? Reaganomics? Trickle down won't work fast enough. Trickle up is already here with Bidenomics, bigger government. Since America effectively has 50 colonies, not 13, but now have 50 colonies, 3,140 counties, 300 major cities, 35,000 towns, and 16,524 townships, not 13 colonies, colonies as in 1776 when USA got its independence from England. Why is this relevant to today's topic? Well, this is not Great Britain. This is USA. Call it USA Inc. because it is the great American enterprise. And it did get its start from the pilgrims when they arrived at Plymouth Rock. And they had to trade corn for beans and beans for clothes and clothes for covered wagons and covered wagons for gold and gold for cars and cars for highways and so forth. Why is this relevant to today's topic? episode. Our 50 states, cities, counties, townships, towns are feasting off of the federal government with federal taxes, effectively gone by March each year, and state taxes, effectively gone by mid-year, then borrowing the difference to balance their budgets. For revenue sharing and 46 of their own taxing bodies, They don't have enough revenue and cash flow to pay their bills. So they borrow the the rest. The largest revenue producer at the state level is property taxes, then sales taxes, and then income taxes last. That sharing formula is state-driven. Federal sharing formula is state-driven according to population and only contingent on the state complying with federal regulations for certain 17 major agencies. Energy, transportation, healthcare, agriculture, urban affairs, commerce, VA, intelligence, defense, joint chiefs, Air Force, Army, NASA, and then they've added the Space Force, Interior, Navy, Justice, Homeland Security, Social Security, and Treasury. 27 mid-sized agencies, 
30 small agencies, and 432 subcomponents of our monstrous federal and state government and county, city, township uh, government. Total of 506 federal agencies, 17 redundantly in each state, so we're having them at the federal level and the state level, and in many cases the county level, like public health and city level public health. With 24 million government employees, including the 50 state, county, city, township, town-based sub-agencies, the fixed overhead of this mammoth bureaucracy is $1.9 trillion per year payroll, plus including the best health care, special Social Security, and pension plans, all due to the service unions written into law. Average salary of the bureaucrat is twice the average private sector salary. Plus, the private sector in many cases do not have pensions. Social Security is there, maybe. We've got the baby boomers here that are drawing down on it at 10000 a week, and drawing Medicare at 7,000 a day, um, 70 million of them. So um, average in federal government exceeds $100,000 per year in salary, plus $100,000 in long-term benefit costs per employee due to continuing health care, Social Security, and pensions after they retire, including, or uh, none of which, have been funded out of current GDP. There isn't any cash to fund it. It's all borrowed money after the end of March at all levels. We, we, we waste taxes and hide the debt in our budgeting. Total of $9 trillion cost of government per year, including all government entities. Income tax revenue is $6 trillion per year at all entities, another $3 trillion per year borrowed money, and making it $34 trillion current liabilities, adding $250 billion per week, and another $200 trillion per the www.usdebtclock.org. Look at looking at obligations that are unrecorded. Thus, government is wasting taxes and hiding debt and deferring reality until after elections. So advised by the um, uh, consultants, election consultants, and the lobbyists, they, they don't really want to report because we don't really have a set of books. It's just budgets, the budgetary system, which is... Uh, adding debt in as cash receipts at every state level. Wow, is there, what does that say? Wow, is the recorded, are the unrecorded obligations on the books as accruals? No, there's no set of books. It's only the budgetary system at every level. Putting aside a current portion of profits for future payments, there are no profits at any level. Because they're not recording all of the all of the debt, even the current debt is understated, because we have interest that's not being paid on the debt obligations, and then it's compounding, adding to the debt. 
No, there is no generally accepted accounting principle set of books. Only budgetary accounting that records borrowing and is cash received to balance the budgets. You mean GAAP? Yes, generally accepted accounting principles that every company in the, in the, in the United States has to use to report their taxes and get their stocks sold and bonds sold. Yes, if the books, so to speak, if we had them, would show America is as insolvent on the verge of not paying its bills if OPEC de-dollarizes trade. When the, when the, the trade imbalance, where there's a trillion dollars more exported to us than imported from us, and OPEC says it wants to de-dollarize trade, then we would lose the reference currency for exchange rates. That means USA, Inc., is bankrupt. For view of the impact of GAAP, go to the www.usdebtclock.org for the current debt and unrecorded obligations. It is supported by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the U.S. Budget Office. This is not Russian disinformation, nor is it a conspiracy theory. It is reality. What can be done to avoid bankruptcy of the federal government that ripples to the rest of the colonies, like our 50 colonies, and then our counties, and then our cities, and then our towns and townships? Do like the problem solvers do, like Margaret Thatcher did. Give the 50 colonies or states and 500 agencies their freedom, fare thee well, on their own for covering costs, revenue, and bottom line. It's called an enterprise. It's American capitalism, which is really the, the shareholders or the, the source of capital, and the human capital, which is American socialism. They work together every day to make money and pay the bills and make America great. America's already great. To keep it great, we have to make these moves, as did Margaret Thatcher in England. The only thing she couldn't do was get rid of Queen Elizabeth and now her son. So they still have a monarchy and still struggling. But Ireland got the heck out of there, and so did Scotland, and so did their colonies. They're all on their own in Africa, in South America, in West and East Indies, so on and so forth colonization that is gone in Great Britain. We still have 50 colonies and then be all below those cities and, and towns and townships. I, I read somewhere where the townships have no cost, but they have a lot of cash. What are they doing with it? I guess those people really probably overpaid and they'd say underappreciated. As they move to downsize government and upsize enterprise, of course, the 50 state legislators are responsible for lowering the fixed costs of unneeded laws, regulators, and regulations. How long is that going to take? Well, this depends on when OPEC, you know, makes China their reference currency. And China then, then goes to the World Bank and the, and the Import-Export Bank and who determine exchange rates and say there's a new currency on the block. So we have to focus on GDP and cash flow funded by, I've proposed, trade war bonds. What the heck are trade war bonds? 
Well, Delano Roosevelt, the greatest president we've ever had, won the Second World War with building a war machine bigger and more powerful, including the, the atom bomb, to beat Japan, Germany, Italy, uh, and funded it with war bonds, 6% war bonds. Um, saved America, won the war. We've got another war. It's called the trade war. I'm proposing that we fund that with trade war bonds. Taxation uh, is, is not going to work because people dodge the responsibility there. Here is for winning the war. Uh, uh, is there a war? Of course. China has, has a monopsony for a buyer and seller of last resort of all the goods that come from Asia and from South America and Central America now, including drugs. And we've lost the trade war. You'll probably have heard that in my other podcasts. And we're not going to get it back without reversing the tables on China and tell them move the, move the production lines closer to the consumer or you're going to have to pay shipping. So using analytics for performance for solving financial and social, societal societal problems, each state, as are their counties, cities, towns, and townships, going to have to take on the responsibility for not disbalancing a budget with borrowing, but actually have the GDP that generates revenue, along with taxes, to make money and cash flow and get rid of their unrecorded obligations by accruing them as they go along. That's GAP. Then annually, we'll select the best performance for Super Bowls. There'll be a state Super Bowl, a county Super Bowl. There'll be a, a town Super Bowl. You name it. We've got competition. We're going to get results. And those results are on a basis of having an offense. Now, not just a defense where I just read, we're going to spend $800 billion on a hundred Stealth B-28 bombers, would you? We're, <laughs> we're spending a trillion dollars a year on a defense department. We have no idea what those people do other than the military. And, and, and the leader of that, uh, Austin, uh, says his biggest problem is white supremacy. No, sir, your biggest problem is you're blowing everybody out of the water by... By, by this so-called peace through strength. We're trying to scare everybody to death. Then they steal our technology and they scare us to death. $800 billion for the new supersonic uh, bombers and our, and, our, and our inner cities are squalored and, and our uh, uh, revolution is picking up Steam because everybody wants something, and the open borders is, is not only going to uh, target us for whatever uh, culture they come from, um, and it isn't good. Uh, and at 9000 per person, we're spending billions of dollars promising them that we'll put them up, we'll feed them, we'll get them health care, we'll get them education, and if they decide they'll, they'll speak English, that's their decision. This is insanity going at, at a trillion miles an hour. A trillion miles here and a trillion miles there. Boy, that's, that's a lot of 
monopoly money or monopsony money. So am I over um, exaggerating? I've been through a couple of bankruptcies, so has our friend Donald Trump and some other people that are on the in the government, I'm sure. Bankruptcy rules is the best thing that ever happened to a f- enterprising country. So people can fail and get back up again. 60,000 small businesses a uh, month are open and 60,000 go out of business. And that is, is, is a positive because everyone that goes out of business can start again. And who these? Who are these? These are small businesses that where the ideas gestate, like these ideas. I I'm an entrepreneur. I had, I had uh, an accounting firm. I had a, a consulting firm for nursing homes, and then we bought nursing homes. We thought we had the solution, and then the bureaucracy, public health, came in and said we couldn't. We weren't wiping the bottoms the right way, and even though the place had no odors and was sending people home. We decided we, we, we weren't running the business, they were running the business inappropriately, and we sold them to, to the big chains who buy them for real estate, not for getting people better, just warehousing the elderly, elderly on Medicaid. So you might read my other books, uh, political books, healthcare books, because in there we have, yes, we have problems. It's not issues, it's not, not even debatable what's happening to this great country. And yeah, I love this country. My poetry books are the same thing. It's talking about problems, solutions, and, and being a part of the solution. Otherwise, you're a part of the problem. So that's all for today. Over and out. Thank you.